welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. Good morning, everyone. Please take a seat. It's great to see you all here this morning in sunny Dundee. Isn't it beautiful? You know, I was jealous there when they were inviting all the students to go out for lunch. You know, if, if I wasn't a Christian, I, I'd just go and lie and say I'm a mature student. Give me a free lunch, big man. So um, I, I had, when, you know, 30-odd years ago when I came to faith, I had a friend who was, you know, people were very uh, hospitable in the church, and people would say, would you want to come for lunch? And I had a friend who would say, what are you hearing? That, that's Don, Donian. What he was saying was, what are you having? In other words, he was fussy, and he would say, what are you having? If the person said, I'm having uh, spaghetti or pasta, he'd be like, I don't like that. And it turned out he only liked steak. So, so he, got, he got a reputation of only like steak, but when he went to the house, he would interfere with the cook and make sure they the cooked the steak properly. So he's what you call a fussy, a fussy guest. In our words, I'm, I'm hinting, don't be too fussy a guest. You know, there might be people cooking vegetarian lunches. That'll not be me. But if, uh, if uh, someone's doing that, just tell them. But uh, it's great to have hospitality in a church, isn't it? It's good. Absolutely brilliant. And talking of food, I want to experiment on you all this morning. Is that, is that okay? One of the things I'd like to do in the future is maybe do a stand-up comedy act. So can I, can I practice a joke on you? And I'll just see the response. Is that okay? Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to be offensive, offensive to any nation apart from the Scots. Now, in America, they, they talk about a Polish guy goes into something, and, you know, it's like being an Irishman. So here we tell Irish jokes, but just for the sake of safety, uh, the, the person the joke's going to be about is a Scotsman. Is that okay? So we can laugh at our expense. I'm just being very political, politically correct this morning. Do you notice that? So anyway, a Scotsman goes into a library. And he says, can I get two fresh suppers, please? And the lady looks up and says, sir, this is a library. So he says to her, can I get two fresh suppers, please? <laughs> Do you like that? Or was that awful? That was a bad one. That was a dad joke. Okay. Okay. Any, anyway, swiftly moving on. We'll see if we can weave that into the sermon later. Um, what we've been doing, we've been preaching recently on a culture of Recently, I preached a sermon on a culture of empowerment, and there's been four different sermons on a culture of how we can have a culture. Uh, for example, today we've got a culture of hospitality where people are inviting people into their homes uh, to have a bag of chips or a burger or pasta or some steak, if you're lucky. But it's the whole thing of our culture of, and today I want to preach, to preach on a culture of present present. And some of you are thinking, what does that mean? Well, I, I'm going to ask you to hold on to your seats because in the next 20 minutes, you'll hopefully understand what the heck this guy is talking about who's telling fish supper jokes. So, I want to talk about the culture of knowing that God is present with us. And it says in Matthew, we'll go on to the next slide, it says in Matthew 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to, to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you, always, even 
to the end of the age. Now, in Matthew 28, if you read the whole passage in its context, it says that when he met with the disciples, it says some believed and recognized them, but it said that some had doubts. So, have you ever heard of mixed race? Well, this is mixed faith, okay? So, Jesus is talking to his 12, his band of 12 brothers, the apostles that will go on to establish the church of Jesus Christ that today has over has billions of people believing in him, probably half a billion to a billion people who are disciples of Jesus. But there's something about Jesus speaking to a mixed faith crowd because some of them have doubts. So Jesus is speaking to an audience. Some are full of faith and radical for Jesus already, but this is his 12 apostles. And Jesus addresses a mixed faith band of brothers. And the first thing he says to them, he, he obviously commissions them that there'll be a disciplical movement where there's a people movement where people believe and other people disciple other people on that journey. But in the midst of that crowd, there is mixed faith. There's some who have faith and there's some who have doubts. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you here this morning that some of you have great faith and there's some here this morning who might be full of doubts. But I want to tell you, you're in good company. Because when Jesus preached to his 12 apostles who did phenomenal, phenomenal disciplical exploits for the kingdom of God, one of the things that happened was they had doubts as well as having faith. So if you're a doubter here this morning, congratulations, you're part of a great crowd of a band of brothers. You're like the disciples of Jesus Christ. If you've got faith, congratulations, you're like them as well. So it's important we recognize that the presence of Jesus is with us. Now, what happens next in the Gospel of Matthew is that Jesus ascends into heaven. So Jesus has just said, I am with you always. I am present with you. And he does, he does you know, a David Copperfield act. It's like, where the heck is he gone? Jesus ascends into heaven. Something happens. So within an instant, he's gone. So he's not with them. But Jesus had already prepared them that the Holy Spirit was coming, and the presence of God would be incredibly powerful in their lives. So the church was grown on that Jesus is with them. In our words, the church, when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we're born again, we receive the Spirit of God, and the presence and the Spirit of Jesus is within us. So Jesus is present with us. Now also when he, was, when he was speaking to this band of brothers, he was speaking to a group of men who would be crucified upside down. Some of them, you know, they'd lose their lives in many different ways. So Jesus was speaking to a group of people that would see incredible church growth, but they'd also die in horrific ways as well. So they needed to know the presence of Jesus with them. So even in the midst of, 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 of dying, Jesus would be with them. Even in the midst of standing up at Pentecost and thousands of people coming to know Jesus in one day, when Peter stood up and preached, uh, he is with them because the, the Spirit of God is with them. So whether you're preaching and 10,000 people come to know Jesus in that moment, or whether you're facing death or somebody's going to put a bullet in your head or hang you or do whatever happens to Christians in the last days, Jesus said, I am with you. Isn't that exciting? 
the, the exciting bit's the preaching bit, and lots of people come to faith. The facing the bit where you could be beheading that, that's not too exciting for me personally, if I'm honest. But the fact is, Jesus was preaching, I am with you, to a band of brothers who would face horrific deaths. So the context of what Jesus is saying is like, man, this is going to be so exciting. Pentecost is going to come. But the reality is when you, when you take the whole loop of these men's lives is that they face death and they would die. Some of them die horrific deaths. The good news is this sermon's going to get better from here on now, okay? So I'm just, I'm just trying to bring a context to the text so we understand where we're going and why he said these things to his disciples. So it's a band of brothers who had mixed faith. So... I'm going to dip into two people in the Bible. One is called Joshua, and the other one is called David from the Old Testament. Then I'm going to bring it back around to a New Testament context just in a few minutes, just to, just to let you know where I'm going with the sermon. So, Jesus had to speak into mixed faith, where there was doubt, but there was also faith. But that band of brothers saw great success. Now, there's a man in the Bible called Joshua. Some of you here this morning, when I say the name Joshua, you're thinking of the boxer. Who thought of Joshua? Oh, is it just me? Okay, anyway, uh, Joshua from the Bible. Who here has got the name Joshua? Just raise your hand. Joshua, there's one Joshua here. Any other Joshua? Joshua in the balcony. Joshua is here from India this morning. And I know his testimony, this man of God and his son, Samuel, who's here, who had a phenomenal thing, a horrific thing happened to him. He was on a train in India, and people tried to kill him. People tried to, when he was a top bank manager, a top executive in India, and he was on a train journey, and people fed him with poison to rob him and take his clothes off him and take his jewelry off him and kill him. And do you know what? They robbed him. But guess what happened? He did not die. He lives today to share his testimony and tell, share for the glory of God. Amen, Brother Joshua? Amen. Hallelujah. So, you see, God is always present with us. Even when somebody tries to poison you and take your life or steal your jewelry or even steal the organs from your body, God is with you in the midst of these things. So, it's important we recognize He's present with us, whatever happens. Joshua in the Bible, Joshua had to take courage in all that he did. Joshua had to know that God was with him. And on numerous occasions, Moses had to stand before the people of Israel with Joshua, and he said, that God is with you. Be bold and courageous, Joshua. This is what the Lord says. And after jo uh, Moses is going to be with the Lord, God spoke to Joshua, and he said, be bold and very courageous. And he, and he says it numerous times, be bold and very courageous. Now, Joshua was not a man who was like a whimpering, weak man thinking, I can't do this, I can't do that. Joshua and Caleb were the two bros in the hood who said 40 years prior to going into the, uh, the promised land, Joshua and Caleb were two out of 12 who, when the spies went into the land, they came back and said, we are well able. Let's do this, boy, boys. But they were outvoted because the other 10 said, oh my goodness, we're so small. We're so weak. These guys are huge. They're like giants. And we're like grasshoppers in the midst of them. So, so oh, it's, it's not going to work out. It's, it's too dangerous. I just can't cope anymore. So, they came back full of fear. But Joshua 
And Caleb came back in the faithhood where there was a mixture. You see, there was a mixture in the band, the brothers. There was both faith and there was, both, there was also doubt as well when Joshua. But Joshua had to wait 40 years. And they went round and round the garden like a tent. Sorry. They went round and round in circles uh, in the wilderness for, for, for decades. And, and, and God supernaturally provided for them. But here's the thing. Joshua had surround sound in, in, in his life. And his surround sound was, was, was doubters. So, when your surround sound, where the narrative is doubters, it, it has an impact and an and, and effect on you because there's a culture. You see, the children of Israel had a culture of belief and doubt where Joshua and his bud were trying to pioneer and press in and push through with a culture of faith. But sometimes when you're soaked, you know, you ever heard the phrase, and you know somebody with a sour face, you've heard me saying they looked like they've been baptized in lemon juice. It's really cheeky of me saying that. But sometimes people, it's like they're soaked. You know when someone is marinated in unbelief, it's marinated in doubt, it's marinated in, you know, it's just common sense that you don't do this. And it's marinated and don't dream big. It's marinated and you, you, you can't do that. It's marinated. And, and, and Joshua faced this, this marination in the nation. They'd been marinated in this culture of doubt and fear. But Joshua, God spoke to Joshua, and He kept saying to him, be bold and very courageous. And why did He say that? Because He'd had a surround sound. He'd had a marination in doubt and fear. But when God speaks to you, be bold and very courageous. It's important that we believe Him and recognize that He is with us. No matter what doubt and fear you're surrounded by, no matter what doubt and fear, you know, it's even in the church at times, it's embarrassing the doubt and fear that's in the church when, when somebody's loaded with the Word of the Lord to go and preach or do something. And, you know, the church is so sensible. You've got to be sensible. You got da, da, da. And it's like 10 minutes later, they're like, nah, God's not called me to do that anymore because they're being marinated in a culture of doubt. And it's important, saints, that as churches, I'm preaching, there might be people here from other churches. It's important as churches, we have a culture of the present, the presence of God in our midst. And in the presence, it creates a culture of faith and belief that anything is possible with God. I'm going to dip in to another brother in the hood now, a guy called uh, David. If you don't know who David is, if you're, if you're not well-versed in the Bible, it's okay. But David was a king, a king uh, of, of, of Israel, and his son was Solomon, and Solomon's temple is one of the wonders of the world today. So he's a real man. It's not a fictional character. David was one of the kings of Israel. And David knew what it was to be raised in faith and be raised by the Spirit of God nurturing him. David wrote the psalm, you know, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David wrote that psalm. It's the most sung song on planet earth. You know, people think it's, what's the guy from South Korea that does that? What's his name again? Sai. What's his name? Sai. He did the song that had over a billion YouTube views. Sai, oh, Sai, are you, you, they're, t they're taking the mick out of you, man. What are they like? Anyway, there's a guy from South Korea did a, a, a billion-view YouTube video, 
And people think it's the most sung thing. I tell you, the Lord is my shepherd is the most sung song on planet earth. The most read book on planet earth is what? The Bible is the most read book. It might not hit the charts because it's not sold. They've got a way of, you know, knocking it out the charts. Uh, we don't like that. So, oh, it's not been sold. It's been given away. So we'll knock it off the charts. But they have been sold. They've been bought and sold. It's the biggest selling book ever. The most given out book ever. So David's song was sung. How did I get on to David singing in the pop charts? How did I get there? The Lord is my shepherd, and David. So David was a man who knew what it was to take. Now listen to this. This is a key. David knew what it was to take a group and steer them out of doubt and fear, desperation, despair. David, David was a man, and it talks about in 1 Samuel 20, 22. David, David was called as a king. He was anointed and appointed, but Saul, the current king, wasn't happy. He was jealous of him. So, so David had to go and hide for a season in a cave, the cave of Adullam, with four to six hundred men. And it says that when they came, they were in doubt, they were in fear, they were depressed, they were da, 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 and so on and so forth, all the Ds, because his name was David. So all these guys joined him, and they were totally discouraged, depressed, in debt, and just a total nightmare. Hands up who'd like to disciple these guys. So David had no choice, anointed king, but by the anointing of God and the journey he took them on, and by the grace of God, he managed to get them out of debt. He might, well, the, the reason they maybe joined him, they might have had a hidden agenda because he, he wasn't paying any taxes to the king as his reward for slaying Goliath, and he was given a big financial reward. So David was like an attractive hideaway. Anyway, so David was in the cave with these men. They had problems, their debts, despair, all these things. But by the end of the journey, David trains them to be mighty warriors. Now, I know that's not a New Testament context, the context we're talking of David. But David trained them. They were mighty in war. And they did phenomenal exploits and incredible things. And they became great men, great warriors, and great people of faith by the end of it. I want to tell you here today, God can take you and take you from someone who's in debt, someone who's in despair, someone who's depressed, and take you into a disciple of Jesus Christ and turn your life around and give you great victory, and He'll be present with you no matter what happens. That's, that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He can take you. You see, so many people today are suffering with depression. So many people today have despair in their lives. But I want to tell you, it doesn't have to be that way all the time. There, there, there can be hope. Jesus is present with you even in the midst of your despair. Jesus is present with you in the midst of your depression. He's with you always, and He gets you more than anybody else can get you. You see, Jesus, even before the suffering of the cross, before He went to the cross at the Garden of Gethsemane and the pressure upon Him, how depressing would that have been when your 12 band of brothers abandoned you? But suddenly, you know, Jesus through the cross, He's conquered all these things. But Jesus is, is present with us in the midst of all these things. Come on. See, see, Joshua, he walked out 40 years with doubters and discouragers, but he took them as in, into the promised land, the ones, the next generation, as people would be the disciples of the, the promise. David was someone who knew what it was to, to rise up in faith and help people overcome doubt 
fear, depression, all these things. And I want to tell you here today, church, that, that, that being part of the band of the brothers or sisters of Jesus Christ, there's a way through everything. You might have come here today. I don't know your condition. I don't know the condition of your mind or the condition of your heart. I don't know if you're loaded with depression. If you are, there's a way through it. That's the good news. And I want to tell you, David stuck with the guys that were the crazy gang, okay? And the church here today, many of us, you know, I'm one of the crazy gang. I believe in Jesus. People think you're mad if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ today. We live in a rational, secular, humanistic society that mocks Christians, okay? But here's the thing. Jesus is still present with us in the midst of this culture, this society. What anybody throws at you, God is with you for the glory of God. Jesus is still with you no matter what happens. The good news is, is that He is with us. And Peter, James, and John, I'm just going to finish with Peter, James, well, I'll finish with this, and I might just have a wee finisher off at the end of the finishing. But Peter, James, and John, when they stood before the Sanhedrin. It says that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he addressed the people. He was a man of the Word. He was a man of the presence. He was a man of the power of God. They'd seen tremendous miracles, and a beggar had been healed, and someone had taken place. And even, even the, the Sanhedrin recognized um, after Peter spoke, Peter said, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified. And he talks about his Jesus who healed this man. It's in the name of Jesus. You see, Peter and John, when they went into the temple, and there was a beggar there, and, and the guy was begging, and they said, silver and gold we do not have, but in the name, in the name of, in the name of, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And a miracle took place in the man's life. You see, something happens when, when the, the, the people of God arise in the power of the Spirit, and the people who rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit are people who recognize that Jesus or the Holy Spirit is present with them always. He's always with us. Whatever we face, whether it's mourning, whether it's depression, whatever we may face, Jesus is with us in the midst of it. And it says in Acts chapter 4, now the Lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And, and, and this, this is the cry of Peter, James, and John. They've just stood before the Sanhedrin, and they've been incredibly bold with the word of Jesus. But they say, they pray out, they pray out, now God, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Then it says, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs, wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You see, the early apostles that started with Matthew 28, they were commissioned. They were given the great commission. But Jesus said, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. So that's us. We are unto the end of the age. Whether we are the last generation before the return of Christ or there's more generations to come, Jesus is with us. He is present with us for the glory of God. Why some people say the reason Peter, James, and John were so empowered was because they were eyewitnesses. They, they saw, they shook hands with Jesus. It says that John took his ear and laid it on Jesus' heart when they're resting for supper home. So they knew him. But they also had the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. When they were preaching, Jesus had ascended into heaven. But what was happening here, the presence of Jesus was with them. I want to tell you, church, 
We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the ecclesia. This building may come and go, but here's the reality. The ecclesia, the church, remains forever. Because when the church, when people are born again into the presence of God, something incredible happens in people's lives that is just supernatural. I know people who are from different backgrounds. From, I, know, I know people here today who've been atheists, who didn't believe in God, and now they completely believe in Jesus Christ. They, they preach the Word. They do all these things. They came from a place of not believing, from a place of, no, of doubt and fear, but now they're at a place of faith where they believe in Jesus Christ. One of the things that's happening next weekend is we need to rejoice in this because the Creation Fest that we've marketed and we're very much part of as a church, and would invite all of you to be there next Saturday in the city square. A couple of the bands from the church are playing in it, and, uh, but there's going to be preaching of the Word, and it's the first time I, I, I've been involved in, uh, you know, like inter-church uh, meetings. I, I remember my father-in-law, Stuart Brunton, led a thing in a hotel where j just to get 60 ministers in a room. Uh, and and they, they had to be careful that they didn't pray. They had the right person to pray because if they pray this way and that person who does pray and that person doesn't believe in taking communion in that way, they might take offense at that. So we might be better getting this person to pray. Or, or, and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? But I tell you, it was so politicized. The Christian churches, they were so, it was so tender muffin. People talk about young people being, what do you call them, snowflakes? It was like all the ministers were like snowflakey. So, no, 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 you, you start off the meeting. This brother over here, he's slightly more charismatic. He can finish the meeting. Uh, this guy who's playing the guitar, make sure he plays songs that are more Church of Scotland, you know, not too Baptist-y because the, and it was like playing a game of chess. It was like move can't do this, and you, you can't do that. And it was like, oh my goodness, what the heck is going on here? It was like a, you know, a political party. I was like, Lord, this is mental. You know, when you, you read your Bible, and you read the book, and you're like, the church moved as one, and we're like all divided. But I want to tell you, the church has moved on by the grace of God, Stuart, and others pioneering prayer things. Things have happened, and even in recent years, the church ministers got together and, and it's been good because they've been praying together, which is phenomenal, which is absolutely outstanding. It's a huge breakthrough. But today at Creation Fest, there's 23 churches in agreement to do this thing that's an action event. In our words, they're going to City Square, the gospel will be proclaimed, music will be sung out, and Jesus will be glorified. Isn't that awesome? Come on. Is it possible? For people to get saved next Saturday. Come on, I'm not preaching to the doubters, I'm preaching to the faithers. Is it possible? It is possible for people to get saved. The Creation Fest, there's, there's, there's teams of people coming over. They've got 20 people coming over to help support and uh, to help build the local churches and to help serve with what, what's happening on Saturday. There's going to be a prayer meeting on Thursday night where we can pray for things. Now, the church that started Creation Fest are like a a free Presbyterian-type, theology-type church. And uh, at Creation Fest in Cornwall, they've seen some people getting healed. There's been some miracles taking place, which is fabulous because sometimes, you know, if your th theology is one way and uh, God moves in another way, it's like, what, the, what do I believe again? He, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't heal today? 
Oh, no, he does heal today. What's going on here? But here's the thing. God is a God of miracles, and God heals people. And God heals people uh, today. And I believe that God wants to touch people in this room today because Jesus is in the business of miracles. And here's the thing. I read this at the start where Jesus said in Matthew 28, and Jesus is true to his word. I'll tell you why. Jesus said, I am with you even till the end of the age. But he said, I am with you. I want to tell you here this morning that Jesus has been with me as I've preached this message here this morning. Because I'm, I, you know, sometimes without his help, I'd be all over the place. Some of you are thinking, you were all over the place. But he was with me in the all over the placeness. So I want to speak to you boldly. And boldness doesn't equal a loud voice or a soft voice, okay? So boldness, do you want a fish supper? Can I get a fish supper? I said I'd weave it back in, thank you. So I managed to do it. So boldness is not to do with loudness of voice. Boldness is to do with the person or the body of people knowing that he is present with us. Isn't that good? Come on, is he with us today? Is Jesus here? Come on, he is, 100% here. I, I want to invite people for prayer here this morning. And I believe that God can touch people, God can heal people, and God can save people here today. The Bible says that salvation is as close as our, uh, as our um, heart and our minds. And the Bible also says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is Lord, it says that we will be saved. So in our words, we need to believe in Him. The first step is belief. And I know many people who struggle with faith and belief over the years. But here's the reality. The Bible says if you confess with your, your, your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, it says that you will be saved. That's the invitation today. Jesus is here. I want to tell you, Jesus is present here right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. I can sense His tangible presence in my body and all over my body right now. I don't know what you sense, but I can sense the presence of the Almighty. I can sense the presence of Jesus right here, right now. And in the presence, because He is here, I'd like to invite you, if you don't know Jesus and you'd like to get to know Him, I'd like you to know Him today. Because it's not a natural occurrence, it's a supernatural occurrence when people come to know Jesus. There's tens of thousands of people, in fact, hundreds of thousands of people globally come to know Jesus every Sunday, and during the week, many people are coming to know Jesus as well. And I believe that in this nation, there's been phenomenal preachers, people who've preached in this nation for years. There's great preachers throughout this land in different denominations, which is absolutely incredible. But there's revivals that are taking place in lands, in nations just now, in Iran, where people think, oh, it's, it's all Shia Muslims. There's, there's thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, a lot of people coming to know Jesus Christ, a Savior, not just as a teacher or a prophet, but as the Son of God, as the Messiah. Come on. In Indonesia, it's estimated that 30% of people are now born-again Christians in a Muslim country. And many of them are having dreams in the night. They're waking up and going, oh, my, I saw a man. I saw... I saw a man, and he spoke to me, and I, I asked him who he was, and he said, I am Jesus. And uh, then they have another dream where they're told to go to a church that they've never heard of, 
and they go to that church and they get born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? Come on. I believe the same can happen in Dundee as well. There's something incredible and supernatural about Jesus. There's something incredible about, and supernatural about the Holy Spirit, and that's who dwells within us and leads us into the presence of Jesus. Can I invite us all to stand here this morning? Is that okay? Can I get one of the stewards to help me? We're going to put Bibles out the front here, and by the end of the meeting, if you want one, you can take one. They're just New Testaments. They're not the whole canon of Scripture, the Old Testament, just the New Testament. If you'd like to take one, you can take one by the end of the meeting. But I want to pray here this morning that the Spirit of God will just come and touch people. Often, um, you know, it can be, yeah, I, I, just, I just believe that spirit, the person of Jesus Christ is going to touch people who did it. The Holy Spirit is going to do it supernaturally. So let's just stand in His presence and let's just wait for a few moments. But if you need to respond to Jesus, if you want to know Him, you can just come and take a, a Bible and um, we'd love also to invite you to our Alpha course that's on tonight. Uh, so if you'd like to know more about Jesus, come and, come and see us about our Alpha course. We've also got another Alpha course that's starting in Lucas in a number of weeks. We'd be excited to... to <laughs> Somebody is excited about the Lucas Alpha. Who's all here from Lucas here this morning? Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. Oh, Lucas, all these Lucas people. Uh, Lucas, Lucas is the new Dundee. She's taken that. So uh, we just want to pray this morning that the Spirit of God will touch people. So Father, I thank you for your presence here this morning. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, Matthew 28. It says that you will be with us even to the end of the age. And Father God, I thank you that you're with us here this morning. Holy Spirit, that you are with us here this morning. And we pray, oh God, that you would touch people in the pew. Father God, I pray for those that need healing here this morning, that you would touch their bodies and you would heal them. Just bring a supernatural healing into people's lives, we pray, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Come on, you, you can just speak to him in this moment because some of you have got things to say to him and just say, God, I need this. I've got a family member that doesn't know you. I need a healing in my body. Just speak to him in this moment. This is a holy moment where he is present. Just speak to him. Thank you, Jesus. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. 